On today's episode of Gathering the Kings, creating that multi-year strategy and understanding what the market has to offer you is where we thrive, but also culture. We spoke a lot about culture today, but culture is such a big part of every organization. And post-COVID, employers have had real challenges meshing their employee benefits program with their culture, and it's such a big disconnect. Culture helps to attract and retain talent. Benefits helps to attract and retain talent. And when you marry the two, your attention goes up. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I've got Rich Kaczynski here on the King stage. My brother, Rich, how we doing? Doing good today, Chaz. You know, we were just having a blast right before we hit the record button here talking for the listeners. They can't see us, but maybe if they're watching on YouTube, they can see us. We're, we're we both got the the logoed black polo memo here today. And even deeper than that, we both rarely wear these. So here we are, man, just thinking in the same accord. This is going to be an awesome conversation. I can already tell. Rich, tell us what kind of business that you got, brother. We are we are Brio Benefit Consulting is an employee benefit consulting business. Pretty much sometimes we act as employee benefits brokers or consultants. And our job is really to help employers attract, retain talent through benefits, manage their benefit costs, and make sure employees are engaged. Love it. Love it. I love how succinct those values to your client is. Obviously, you're providing the benefit to the employee, but, but your client is the, is the employer. Our client is the employer. I love that. I love that. I want to get into, obviously, the business and some ups and downs that you've had your story, as, as I'm sure you'll be able to give it to us. But the burning desire inside of Rich. Tell us what that is. What's the, what's the why? What's the bigger picture? Oh, I would tell you it's the more competitive edge. My partner and I are extremely competitive. When we started the business, we started it because we wanted to help people and we felt we could do it better and different. But what happened when we started, we learned pretty quickly. We didn't know anything. And that was in 2004. We're like, all right, we started this thing. Now what do we do? Now what? Our career started working on the health insurance carrier side where we work with brokers and consultants. I'm like, yeah, we could do this. We, we, you know, we know more, we're better. And then right. the first two, three weeks, like, oh man, we don't know shit. Where yeah. do we go from here? And we had to figure it out. But it's that competitive edge. It's that desire to win. You know, at one point was it, yeah, great. We're going to go at it. We're going to try and make a lot of money, all that stuff. And then it became more about winning and succeeding. That's what it was all about. Yeah. What does winning and succeeding look like for Brio or for Rich? Is that defined separately, individually, together? What does that look like? Separately, but together. I mean, just as a little kid, I was really, really super competitive. You know, when it came to sports and all that stuff, never liked yeah. to lose. It was all about winning. Um, yeah. Then as our careers developed, winning became finding the right solution and helping people. Yeah, you know, right. our whole business is designed to help people, to help employers. When we're helping employers, it's helping their, their employees. And trying to have everybody that we touch just have a better experience. Yeah. Are you, I, I have this a little bit of a, <clears throat> you know, a distinction between these two phases, love to win, hate to lose. You kind of mentioned both of them in the same sentence. 
Would you consider yourself a love to win or a hate to lose kind of guy? Oh, I'm going to say hate to lose because when we do win, and this is part of the things that, that, you know, I recommend everybody do when we win, we don't celebrate our successes as much as we should. Sure. And when we lose, we, we so we focus on, but you know, yeah. and it's maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing, but when we lose, yeah. it's like, why'd we lose? What can we do better from it? What we've learned from it? And we try and revamp what it is that we're doing. So, you know, it's, I, I look at it as a good thing, but yeah. one thing that we need to do a much better job at is celebrating our wins. Oh they yeah. Go for all about 30 seconds. I think that's every entrepreneur's challenge, not taking, that's right. celebrate the wins. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We can always do a better job at that. But I think that the, you know, the, the agreement there is that, look, we're not done. I mean, it's cool that we got this far, even though it was maybe a big goal and we achieved it like good, right? On to the next, you know? So but the, um, I feel that. When we get close to a goal, we move the bar. You move it. Exactly. Yard. It's not like we move the bar a little bit. Oh, we're close now. It's got to move. Got to be moved. Got to be the way out there. Yeah. You know, this is an interesting topic. Maybe we can, we can press into it here a little bit, but I can hear conversations in my mind that I've had with several of my teams where they've said to me, it doesn't, you're just going to move it anyway, you know? Exactly right. And, and it doesn't mean that we never achieve it. It just means that you recognize your ability or you recognize that like the trajectory. Okay, great. Well, like it's, it's already a done deal. Celebrate. We can still celebrate, but, but when you cross that finish line, there's like a, like an exhale and I'm just not looking to exhale, right? I, Champions never exhale. Yeah, it's like, ever. what's next? What's um, next? You know, my exactly. partner and I's philosophy always been, and I, I follow this personally as well. If you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. Right. So you constantly need to be growing both professionally and personally. And that's the mindset that we have here at Brio is continually try and grow, learn, and try and make everybody's experience better. And that's with our team too. We're always trying to, you know, make sure our team is constantly growing. When we take people on at Brio, it's like, how do we help them grow both professionally and personally? That's our commitment as the executive team to make sure everybody's constantly growing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. Like everything you just said is a big deal, but we hear it as entrepreneurs and we're like growth and, you know, success. Like a lot of these, what seem like general terms now get overused. And so everything you just said was so good, but it's like, we've heard it all before. How do you, how do you take personal development? Number one, cause you can, you can't be, you know, obsessed with winning or hate to lose either way. If you, if you're not about developing yourself to the next level. And then what you just said is now, now we got to take it to, to our team. And of course, then you have a third layer, which some of us don't have is like you then help other business owners take it to their teams even. So what's the gap between, okay, I'm a freaking winner. I'm going to get it done. I'm committed. There's no chance I'm losing. But now I'm going to infuse that into my team. Give us some thoughts there. Well, well, I'll start on the personal side first, I guess. So I'm huge into personal development. I've worked with multiple coaches through the years. I worked with Ed Bulky, who is from Deserve Level Process. I worked with him for five years. And now I work with Superhuman, which is a mindset fitness platform. But my routine is I wake up every day between 4.30 and 5 o'clock. I get to the office before 5.30. I journal. I meditate, I get my work done, I go to the gym, and then I hit the ground running when I'm back in the office. So I probably spend about an hour a day on personal work because to me, it's getting the mindset right yeah. for that rapid growth, whether it's business growth, personal growth, wherever I'm trying to go. But I put, in, I put in at least an hour a day. And on the weekends, I get up early before the kids get up and do my personal work. I do it all. 
Yeah, it's super important. The journaling, the meditation, it's, it's something I believed in for a long period of time. Got trained in transcendental meditation. So I'm big in the spirituality and the, and the personal growth piece of it. Yeah, I love it. So what's the next ring there, the next layer out of, of being able to help our teams with that? Um, I take a lot of the work that I do and try and install it in the team. But, you know, we believe in hiring, you know, talented folks, not so much experience of what we do. We've hired a bunch of people in our agency that had zero experience, right? But we'll take someone that's willing to learn, has drive. That's right all day and show them everything we know. So we, we take people and train them, both my partner and I, other executives and other people on our team are always willing to help next man up. And we believe in personal growth. We, our hopes are that the people that we hire stay with us forever, but we know that may not be the case, but anything we could do to make sure our employees come out leaving Brio with personal growth and professional growth is what we're about. It's what we're about. It's a mindset of my partner and I, and you know, it actually, you know, it resonates with everybody. If you could ask, culture is the most important thing we have at Brio, and everybody in our team is willing to help out any other team member at any given moment. But we think that starts with, because the executive team does that for everybody. Yeah, So exactly. we think that's a big part of it. Yeah, it's a huge part of it. And so what would you say for the guy listening right now? Well, actually, I'll give you two scenarios. There's a guy like you who's got a big business, but this hasn't been a thing. He knows it's important or she knows it's important. They need to implement it. Or you've got, you know, the guy that's just, just getting started. Maybe he's only got one or two team members and, and he's hearing you. He's like, I'm just trying, to, just trying to get the work done, you know? What would you say to these two guys? The one that knows he's implementing, he's got a big team, or the guy that's just getting started? It's both implementation is the question. Okay. For the guy that has a big team, uh, I think where we experience the most amount of growth is when an entrepreneur has to realize when they're slowing the business down, mm. meaning delegation and having the right team and not only having the right team, trusting your team members. Right. Because as an entrepreneur, when you start something, you want to own it and you're afraid to let everything go because no one could do it as good as you. That's right. But when you take the time to educate your team members on how you do it and why you do it that way, and they could right. effectively take that and run with it, it's great, but you have to let them do it their way. Right. So you have to trust your team and delegate and make sure you spend the time with them to coach them up to make sure they can succeed as well. I mean, that was a where, where we experienced tremendous amount of growth. My partner and I did everything. We were lead consultants. We were salespeople. Um, we did service. We took out the garbage and cleaned the bathroom. Right. <laughs> but when we realized, we looked at each other in the face and says, what is our greatest asset? For my partner, he's an incredible strategic thinker. And I can tell you, he can solve any problem, literally. So we're like, okay, so if that's your skill set, you spend 80% of your time doing the consulting work. And my skill set was going out, cultivating new relationships and developing new clients. So I decided to take the sales team. He decided to take the account management team. And then, you know, our skill sets drove the business. And that's where we just went on a really, really rapid growth path. Yeah. Love that. That's, you gave a lot of really, really nitty gritty practical answers in there. I hope that the listener goes back and maybe jots down a few things. Hey, Chaz Wolf here. As many of you know, I have been on an absolute mission to help entrepreneurs from all across the country in many different industries level up their game and grow their business and intentionally connect with other entrepreneurs. We do that obviously through the podcast, but we also 
have a peer-to-peer mastermind group specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. We are bringing some of the best and most successful entrepreneurs and minds together in a regular and super intentional way to not only grow our network, but to be able to leverage. And at a certain point in business, success becomes about leverage, leveraging time, leveraging resources, leveraging key relationships. This is exactly what we're doing inside of the peer-to-peer mastermind group called Gathering the Kings, specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. So if that's you, if you're ready to level up your seven to nine-figure business even to the next level and get around other big hitters just like you, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com, fill out a short application, and uh, it'll come to an application uh, call with me, and I want to chat with you to see if it might be a good fit. Talk soon. This all stemmed from my first question. I haven't even gotten into <laughs> Really good stuff, Rich. I appreciate it. Okay, so I want to know kind of a little bit backdrop, like before the business started, how did you guys decide why this industry? Give us before and and how you got it started. I kind of just fell into the industry. I went, you know, got a degree in finance and investment, went to a job fair coming out of college and, you know, Cigna was at the job fair. I went, spoke to them, got a phone call the next day, wanted to do an interview interviewed for, they had retirement services at the point in time. I interviewed for position in retirement services division. And they said, yeah, we want to have you interview with somebody else. They moved me to the healthcare side, I interviewed somebody, didn't know what it was. Like, you're great. Next day they called me, yeah, we want to make you an offer. You know, we want you to come in and, you know, sell health insurance. I was like, yeah, but what's health insurance? Okay. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't sign up for that. I was, and, you know, I had a great conversation with the person who hired me, Jeff Barardo, who you know, I'm still very close with today. And he took me under his wing and that's where I met my partner. He assigned my partner, G. Pastrano as my mentor. And we just hit it off. It's two kids from the boroughs. He was from Staten Island. I was from Queens. We hit it off. Next thing you know, we became good friends. And one, one day coming home from a corporate office up in Connecticut, we just looked at each other like, hey, we want to start something? Like, yeah, why not? Let's start it. And we just did it. And it was just fearless. We went wow. into it with worst case scenario, we'll get another job. That's really what it was. Worst case scenario, we'll get another job. And we just tried it and we went into it. We will not fail. And we just, you know, we had the desire. It yeah. really starts with that desire to get something off the ground. Cause it's a lift when you start with nothing, no revenue, no anything and right. try and get something off the ground. It's a lift. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, the desire you're right is, is the absolute foundation. How or why, or maybe it was just a simple answer of just the sports background you've already given us, but. Why do you think that you two specifically had the desire or how did you guys align in the desire? And we always talk about this, regardless of where the business grows or where we get to, we just want to keep growing. It's that it's just, we're wired that way. There's no other way to say it, but we were both wired that way since kids. It's like, no matter what happens, like we said before, you're going to keep pushing the bar. We're going to try and get to, we're going to want to try and go farther. And unfortunately, good, better, and different. I don't think that's ever going away till the day I die. It's just not going away. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're hundred percent right. Kind of the way I've said it about myself, because I, I, I agree with you. I'm the same way. And people look at me and, and some of the questions that we've gotten, I'm sure you've gotten the same things are like, when are you going to be content? When's enough is enough? Like, and the answer is never. And it's I, not that I'm not content or, or rather it's like this. I'm, I'm grateful. Uber it like, yes, right here. It's a great view. I appreciate it. I'm grateful not done. Why? No. Why would I stop here? You know? What I also think plays a role in this is the environment you surround yourself with. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, 
it's everything, including the people you surround yourself with when you're Absolutely. surround yourself with, and, you know, and as you grow and mature, you may su surround yourself with high achievers. And what happens is naturally you start to form relationships with people who have the same mindset as you. Yeah. And listen, I, I think everybody could be successful in all that. I want everybody to be successful, but I also want to surround myself with people who have the same desire I have. Yeah. And that kind of keeps me going as well. Yeah. Fire yeah. And we'll get, we'll maybe get into this here a little bit later in the show, but obviously, you know, other entrepreneurs are like that, but even you mentioned this earlier, as you hire and you even help, you know, obviously your employee, your clients who are employers themselves retain and, and, and attract top talent through the, their benefits package, but attracting top talent, like that, even though they may be not entrepreneurs, like-mindedness or a high achieving or a high performing perspective or mindset, even in your team can want to make you want to level up because you're like, dang, I got some great people. I need to keep, I got to go to the next level. hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I tell everybody that I coach, it's like, I want you to be better than me at the table, right? I want to teach you everything that I know. And when I see some of these, some of the team at the table, I'm like, wow, holy shit, they get it. It's like, yeah. they're, on, they're, they're on my team. That's, 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 yeah. that's my team. Yeah. I could take a step back and let them do their thing. It's really fun to watch. To yeah. watch the team grow and mature and develop, I get so much joy out of it. My partner gets so much joy out of it. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's good, man. Okay, let's go practical inside the business here. Rich, I got to know of a good decision that you guys have made inside the business, practically, that you can look back and it's like a lot of our success came from that decision or something like it. Something you do over and over again, maybe we can go implement it into our own businesses. What is it? I kind of touched on it earlier. Okay. Was that decision that my partner and I made to really focus on what we do best and what it translated to, we looked at every one of our team members to say, look at their skill set and where they do best. Two big successors we had. We had a salesperson, a guy, Vin. He was, his relationships were unbelievable. He was okay as a salesperson, did well, but we were looking at him saying, this guy loves taking care of people. When I say loves, loves taking care of people. So we said, okay, with, with his love and joy that he gets out of taking care of people, he's probably best suited to be an account manager yeah. and manage a relationship and take care of the executive team. Yeah. Man, this kid took off and, and thrived, literally. On the reverse side of that, we had someone that was on the service team, hired the kid out of college, you know, my guy, Jake. And what ended up happening was, he wanted to come on and take a sales role. So I said, you know what? He's got the worth ethic. He's got the integrity. He's got the mindset for it. Let's see what happens. And again, kid just skyrocketed, literally skyrocketed. I mean, yeah. he's just crushing it right now and he's so good at what he does. But again, it was seeing where people's skill set yeah. suits best in, in our organization. And once they're there, they actually love doing it. It's like they love what they do now. Instead yeah. of forcing them in a position either to do sales or to do service when it's not right. really what they love to do, we want to put people in positions what they, where they love, where they want to be, where they would love to be. So they love coming to work every day. We've all met people who come to work every day who don't love what they do, and they're some of the most miserable people you ever encounter. That's so we right. want everybody walking in the door happy. That's I hope right. that answered your question. I might have went off on a tangent a little bit. No, no, it's a, it's it's a really good tangent. So even if it was a tangent, I allow it. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so understanding the person well first off you gave the example earlier of you and your partner like being honest with yourselves this is what my skill set is this is what's yours let's divide and conquer here then doing that inside of your business I, I heard several things that that you said but didn't say 
Number one, understanding what a salesperson is or what the exact role is and how that applies to this person. When I'm looking at this person, I understand maybe what they like to enjoy, but then there's also tools that you can use. I use the culture index. I'm sure you probably use something similar where I can have them take a survey and I can go, okay, this is what this person does naturally and that they're really good at. <laughs> they're in the wrong seat. No wonder. Yep. Or the best case scenario is if I can do that ahead of time and I can then place them into the best place without having to move them. But all of these examples are just incredible. What, what, what's spurred up here that I've, I've, I've stirred up? I've stirred up some dust here. What, what are you thinking? Well, just on, on when, we, when we are hiring salespeople, we do have them fill out. A, we, they have to fill out a profile and either they fit in the marker or they don't because, yep. you know, that you have to be a hunter. I mean, some people will say they're salespeople, but that's right. they're salespeople because things come to them and they try and close a deal. To me, that's not a salesperson. A yeah. salesperson who is in, who can go out, create the deal on their own, find a deal, and then close the deal. To me, that you know, people look at sales differently. Totally. But when we talk about sales, we talk about someone that can go out, find a relationship, close a deal, and bring it home. Yeah. Unlike, oh, someone sent me something, I'm going to close it. It's very different. Right. right. Yeah, and, and there's a place for both of those, depending upon the product and the organization. But that, that hunter mentality, the, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's another level for sure. Even, I would even say that you can have a closer, quote unquote, but that person won't just sit and wait. They'll, they'll wait for the good stuff. Don't, I mean, who wouldn't? Hey, of course. But, but as soon as the, the, the pipeline is empty, probably before, They've already begun filling it with what they would consider maybe even better stuff. Yeah. That's, that's the signs of a hunter is like, actually, you know what? I appreciate you sending me that stuff, but I think my stuff's better. Let me, let me just go ahead and come over here and, and get my stuff. Would you agree? Agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Within our organization. And another thing I would tell anybody that's trying to get their business to the next level process, process, yeah, process. Yeah, there's a process to that process. Yeah, but we have a process that we follow upfront when we're meeting prospective clients and interest. Right. There's an extremely robust process to make sure that the client is getting what they need and finding out, you know, figuring out the right process is an evolution. One of our sales guys, Neil, he's been with us 10 years and the amount of iterations that we had to go through to get to where we are has been incredible. I mean, just since post-COVID alone, we've pre-COVID to post-COVID, we must have had five, six iterations of the way we do things just because we had to. And you yeah. have to be nimble and you have to be quick. You have to be, know exactly when the process needs to be changed. And you, know, you need to also know when you need to hold a line. But having a process-driven organization really helps things run smoothly and also helps with growth. Yeah. Yeah, for the for maybe the smaller business owners, they've heard the word process, and a lot of times what comes to people's minds is the operation, the service that you were talking about, the actual process of fulfillment. But what you're saying is it's a whole another level. We're talking about over sales, but there's a process to hiring the salesperson. There's a process to onboarding that person. There's a process to training that person. There's a process to managing that person and their calls, and and there's a process to coaching that person. Like there's a process to every single step, right? Yep, every every step of the way. Because if not, it's going to be haphazard. And if you're onboarding some, somebody, if it's haphazard, they're going to feel it's haphazard. You're not going to get the most out of that person. They're going to feel lost. And when you're in a sales situation, if there's not a process to follow, you can go any which way. You probably end up losing the deal. Right. And or if you're not following process to service a client, you're going to end up losing that client at some point in time because something's going to be missed. That's right. That's right. Any which way you look at it, there's got to be a process. 
you just said something underneath that that I want to point out for the listener that an A player, salesperson, operations person, management, not management, an A player who comes into or- to an organization and there is no process, they're going to pick up on it immediately. And it's going to almost be like a red flag for them to not want to be there. Number one, 100%. right? You bring in people all the time. This exactly. is what this is. It's happened to us because we didn't have process. Yeah, it's happened to all of us. So okay. I'm going to suggest something. Tell me if you agree or maybe if you suggest something in addition, because there's business owners right now that are listening. I have, I have companies that are in the process of building process. Okay, so that's fine. It doesn't mean that you have to be perfect all the time. But if I'm trying to attract an A player and I know that there's a missing process or there's like a, something that actually I need their help to build, that's why I'm searching for them. <laughs> I just got to be authentic about that and say, hey, there's no process here. In fact, actually, it's potentially why I'm hiring you is to come in and, and help build these process. Because a lot of times it's communication with an A player. If there's no process, the process is just to communicate that there is no process. Would you agree or would you add anything? Agree and add one thing, regardless okay. if it's an A player or not. We tell every person we hire, we don't pretend to know everything. There are things that we don't know of. Anybody in our organization thinks there's a better way or have our clients have a better experience or have any one of our team members have a better experience, bring it to the table. We are open-minded. We've implemented a ton of things our team has brought to the table. Again, we don't know everything, but at least we acknowledge we don't know everything, but we are completely open to new ideas and having everybody have a better experience. Because if our staff has a better experience, what does that mean? Our clients are going to have a better experience. So for us, we have an open-door communication Everybody has access to the executive team whenever they need us to bring new, fresh ideas to the table or help, whatever it is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. Okay, let's flip the coin here to the bad decision. Something that you guys have done that, of course, I'm sure you learned from. I'm sure you'll give us the lesson as well, but something that you can keep us away from. We don't have to go do this bad decision that you already made for us. To, to, To us, it's people. Okay. It's kind of good thing and bad thing, but... Sure. Yeah. We've realized, you know, as a small organization that continued to grow to where we are today, not having the right people on your team that line up with culture could be cancerous. You have to have the right people. And sometimes, well, I shouldn't say sometimes, if you have the right culture, what ends up happening is when you bring in the wrong people, they end up self-selecting out. Oh, yeah. And that's got to that we, you know, we brought in some wrong people sometimes and it didn't work and, you know, kind of disrupted what was going on internally within the organization. But now where we're at today, the culture is so strong and powerful and the team is so strong and powerful. When there's someone that may come in, it doesn't fit that culture. Uh, It's like a sore thumb. Select, which is, you know, it's, it's actually pretty cool how it's developed. But to us, I would tell you, I don't want to say wrong decision, but it's managing the people that come into your organization is a critical part of what anybody's yeah. trying to do as they grow. Yeah. Critical. Yeah. For, for the business owners that are listening that don't maybe have that strong culture yet or who have a smaller team, that wrong individual can make really bad waves and like catastrophic. Yep. Agree. Because it, it doesn't only show internally with your current staff, the clients get the same experience. Yeah, that's right. Right. So if, the, if what's going on internally, and sometimes I would tell you that some, that was, that was some of the things that we might've been blind to, meaning if someone doesn't fit culturally within our organization, they're not going to fit culturally externally either. So being able to pinpoint that 
is really important. Yeah. And, you know, someone had told my, my partner and I early on, which always resonated with us, hire slow, fire fast, right? If, if you hire slow, make sure they're the right person culturally and they have the skill set to do the job. But when they are not the right fit yeah. and they, they are disruptive to the culture, you got to, you got to cut them loose. Got to come yeah. and, and quick and quick. Yeah. Patrick Lencioni does a good job in a couple of his books, Ideal Team Player, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. But he breaks a lot of this down as far as like the hiring, the things that you're looking for, as well as in the dysfunctions, the lack of accountability. Your team has accountability to each other, peer to peer, not you know, manager to, to employee. But, and that's why when someone walks in and they're, they're a bad fit, they're not performing, they got a bad attitude, whatever, however they're different, it's like immediate. And, they're, and it sounds like your team, like a good healthy team, should not only notice it, but they call it out. It's like, well, wait a second. This isn't going to work because we're going there and I don't see you being a benefit to us getting there. I mean, I hate to use this term, but it's like the inmates running prison. It's like everybody knows. It's just like what our staff, you know, our team knows if someone doesn't fit, there's a bro. It's yep. Yep. instantly just because yep. the culture is so strong. I mean, when I tell you, I, my partner and I are probably most proud of our team. Most proud. I mean, just... We just had a, a team event recently. We went to Swingers, who's a client of ours, an indoor, it's, let's call it adult mini golf. It's like bars everywhere, playing mini golf. And my partner and I had to step back and say, look at everybody just hanging out together. Yeah. Having fun. Like everybody has fun in our office. Everybody became friends in our office. Just, it's so great to watch. It's, and it's so powerful because that transcends to our clients. They oh, pick yeah. They pick oh, it up. Yeah. Yeah, they want to be part of it. And not only your team members, but then the clients too. Yep. Through through the experience. Yep. Okay. What about just decision making in general? I love talking to another individual who's like super into personal development. For you individually or as a business, how are you filtering making good good decisions as opposed to bad? Is there a magic formula that you follow? We work within the entrepreneur's operating system, which really helps us a lot. We, you know, the executive team has their weekly meetings where it's, what are we talking about? It does something that needs to be addressed right now. We have our quarterly goals. So when we have our quarterly goals and we're going through it on a weekly basis, does it, is what we're talking about right now line up with our quarterly goals? Because if it doesn't, it's something called the parking lot. Get shelved for something that needs to be addressed at any time. But if it's anything that needs to make a decision on in that moment, does it line up with our quarterly goals? And if it does, it's a yes. And if it doesn't, it's a no. So when you have a foundation to tie all your, all your decisions back to, it becomes really, really easy. And as an entrepreneur, the good and the bad, sometimes entrepreneurs could get distracted with the shiny coin someplace else. Right. What, you know, and it happened to my partner and I, but what you have to be able to do is have that vision for whatever that year, three-year or five-year plan is, or even up to seven years. And every decision you make has to tie back to that plan. If you stay in that lane, we always end up in the right spot. Hey, kings and queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team, into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, 
or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. Good. It's good. All right. First question here in speed round, even though we go through it, but it seems to be the same length of answers. So maybe I'll change the name of that after 300 episodes. Then just thinking about that out loud. My first question is this, Rich, about KPIs. If you could only pick one thing to track forever and ever, what would it be? This is a hard one. Come on now. Growth. Okay. Such a very, that's such a visionary answer. I already know you're a visionary. When I say growth, I'm talking about because there's growth in in different things. Like we have to retain our clients to grow and we have new clients to go. So to me, the most important metrics is retention and And new business. Yeah, new business. So the way to collect. So collective, collective, collective client number. Yeah. And, And just like in the entrepreneur's operating system though, what we go over in our weekly call is what are the 10 things we would need to know if we're on a desert island, not able to talk, you know, desert island, not able to talk to anybody for a year. If I got these 10 metrics, I knew exactly what was going on in my business. So we have a form of that, but to narrow it down to one, I would say, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where's the hole? Right, 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 right. Where's the hole? Because they're both sides of the business could have a hole or multiple holes potentially, but I love, I love that answer. What, what resource or book, podcast, event, anything like that, that you'd recommend to a business owner listening right now that's been helpful to you? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Great book. I've never never heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're joking. You got it on your desk. Yeah. I study this thing, brother. I study it for years now. It's but yes, and all seriousness, what, what's your takeaway? What's, what, what can you give us? Well, because what I liked about the book, you know, I'm, I'm into quantum physics. I'm into all that stuff. So the mindset behind it and, you know, the meditation piece of it and really thinking and feeling and creating the event before it happens and kind of calling it forward. It's just, that's the way I live my life. So like I was into it and it became more into it. The more personal development you sure. do, the deeper you get. And I oh, feel yeah. that's a really good book to oh, yeah. get your feet wet and understand mindset, understand thinking and feeling before yeah. the event happens, all that stuff. My, my follow-up question to you would be, have you read Outwitting the Devil? Yes, I could bring oh. it right up. I, sh- I haven't fitted it yet. If I pull up my audio books, I could show it to you right now. Actually, hold yeah. on. Prove it. Where is it? There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll show you my copy here. Could you there see? There you go. There you go. There it is. There it is. That's awesome. <laughs> so I guess we have a similar mindset with that. Oh, yeah. I knew it from the beginning of the call that we were saying. Okay. So the takeaway for the listener here is freaking get your mind right. And uh, you got to program your mind in a specific way. All right. What do you think about intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? I think intentionally networking is really important. It gets back to what I said something earlier about the environment you surround yourself with. That's right. When you surround yourself with other entrepreneurs, number one, you're going to learn a ton. I was part of Vistage. I don't know if you, yeah, I was a Vistage member for a good number of years. And it was great to be in a room with other entrepreneurs. Listen, here's the challenge I was faced with. What we tell everybody, it's more important to learn from our mistakes than it is from our successes. Because if you're able to learn from what someone else's mistake was and avoid that mistake, right. you get through it a whole lot quicker. Yes, yeah, so right. hearing about this is our struggle. What, you know, I tried it this way. It doesn't work. So don't do that. All right, Gary, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. So that, that's really, really important. But surround yourself with you know, other entrepreneurs, mastermind groups. We think it's super important. Yeah. 
one thing that you said earlier, and I'll tie it back here because not not everybody sees it like this. Because uh, you get around other entrepreneurs and you learn things like the the failures, the successes, the practicals, all of that's super valuable, like you just said. But what you said earlier was when I step into a room or when I surround myself with like mindedness or achievement mindedness, or even guys that that have not just glanced, right? There is a posture in the room. Oh yeah. And <laughs> when you step into the room, you don't have to say anything. You you already know before you step into the room that you better be leveled up even before you step in, open the door type of a thing. So there's that pressure of being the best version of myself before I even talk to them. Yep. Which is just a completely unspoken thing, which, you know, um, up is the right term. Yeah, 100%. Leveling up is the right term. It, you level yourself up, but then when you get around them, then their mindset levels you up again. Yep, 100% right. This is an incredible, this is an incredible thing. All right, I got a question for you about family. You mentioned earlier your family, and I want to know what you feel about a phrase that I've dubbed work-life obsession. Here's my, here's my belief, that there is no balance, okay? And that obsession in our business has led us to success. And that obsession in our families is what's going to lead us to success. So how have you, Rich, obsessed over your family and the business at the same time? Early on, it was a struggle. Big time. Like getting the business off the ground. Totally. You know, it was tough because it was all about the business, the business, the business. But then you quickly realize, I got three boys, four, eight, and 11. Then you start to realize there is a way to have intention to spend enough time in the business to make sure it's as successful as possible right. and spend enough time with the family to yeah. make sure I'm a good dad and a great husband. Yeah, that's right. The, the one thing I will say is for those that are married or in relationships, having the right partner that's going to be able to call you out on your sh and support you is really, really important. Uh, my wife does a great job of supporting me, but she also knows when I start to stray the other way, maybe too much time in the business, she knows how to yeah. reel me back in but not in a negative way. Yeah. Just point out some things where it just, it shines a light on them. Like, I'm going to reset and let's move on. Having the right partner to support you, as I feel as an entrepreneur is critical. Because if you don't have the right partner, it's a drag. Because you can't be good at business and things be bad at home. And the way I operate at least, I, if things aren't good at home, I'm not yeah. good at business. So it's like, I have to have that synergy between the two. And to me, it's, uh, and again, not balance, but it's when you're a passionate person, you're a passionate person, you're passionate about your family, you're passionate about your career. So you have to be able to channel that passion in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. You, you articulated it well for how I would even say for my wife and I is that naturally we're going to be prone to build. We're builders. Yep. This is what we do. We talked about this at the very beginning. You said, I want to grow. Okay, great. But the wife not only is the person calling me into the business like or into the, into the family, like, hey, champ. Here's what you said, right? The calling out, uh, the challenge, but like you said, the support, knowing that there are seasons, knowing that it's like some of these things that you normally like to do that you're obsessed about in our family, you can't do this week or this month or whatever. And that's okay. We've communicated about it. And then I have support. It's a big difference from what you just said there, support and challenge. Those are completely opposite from each other, but the spouse has to do both. Can you speak to that just a little bit more? Because I just think it's like, it's like the absolute magic when it comes to the spouse piece for entrepreneurs. What, what you said was great about seasons because every business does have its seasons where times may be busier sure. than others. But when you have a spouse that can understand that, 
and have your back is really, really important. And to say, okay, I know you need to dig in now, but I also know when you don't need to dig in, you're going to make yourself more available. And from the personal growth space, there are times that, hey, listen, I want to go to this conference or I need to go to the West Coast for a couple of days. My wife is so cool. She's like, listen, you're trying to become your best self. And the better you are, the better our family is, the better your business is, go have at it. Like she'll say, I got the three kids. Don't worry about it. We're good. And then I come back. But she knows when I come back, I'm committed to making, I don't want to say making up for the time, but just yeah. doing the right thing. Yep. And so it's, I can't stress it enough how valuable the right partner is for an entrepreneur to have that level of support and know when, and from a family standpoint, there might be times you have to pull away, but the times that you could spend more time with the family, take the time, take the time and spend with the family when you can, because what ends up happening, it's all going to be behind you. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I, I, I'll say this. I, it's not, we'll have probably already had this event by the time the show comes out because we're getting pretty close, but we're doing our very first ever family mastermind cruise here in June. And what I'm really trying to do is I'm facilitate an, an environment where what we're talking about can actually happen where, yeah, we can have some business talks. <clears throat> we can, we could go for hours, days, even guys like you and I, and we know that. And that's cool. We can facilitate that. That's, that's a lot of what Gathering the Kings already does. But what about the marriage? What about the, the family? And so I'm trying to facilitate a fun family vacation, number one, but then also doing a family vacation with some other high-performing families, do some excursions and stuff together. I, of course, will be on the ship together, but then some sessions each day around, you know, two on marriage, two on family and parenting, two on business and, and connecting relationships, not just business, but those other things that we're saying are super important. So uh, I'm really excited for that. And this is something that we'll probably end up doing a couple of times a year going forward, but this is our flagship takeoff here. We're going to go to Bermuda. And it's like, man, I just, I, every entrepreneur that I've talked to, even guys like you and I that are like in the thick and we know what to do, we still know that there's work to be done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. hundred percent. Again, if you're not growing, you're dying. And exactly. Exactly. It's always that. done. Always. Good. Okay. I got one last question for you, Rich. You ready? Shoot. If you had a chance to whisper in the younger Rich's ear, what would you say? Oh, I had a chance to whisper in the younger Rich's ear. Have confidence in what you're going to do. And most importantly, enjoy the journey. Take a step back. Don't be so focused on the grind, sure. whether it's personal or family. Step back and enjoy the journey because it is a journey. It's one big game. It's how you play it. But enjoy it. However hard you choose to play it is your choice. But step back and enjoy it. Pay attention to it. Take it all in. Don't be so focused on the outcome and getting to the outcome. Be aware of what's happening when it's happening and be present. There were too many times where it was so outcome focused, you couldn't really focus on what was happening in the moment. That's right. Take a step back, breathe, and enjoy every minute of it because it's all good. And even when it's bad, I promise you it's going to turn good. So just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah, I'm a big elk hunter. Every year, typically, I'll try to go west and hunt elk for a couple of weeks with a bow. And then wilderness, there's nothing out there besides me and maybe my dad and a few others. And if you try to go with the intentions of bringing home an elk, first off, you don't understand the stats. They're probably they're, not what you're saying. They're not good. With a rifle, 25%, maybe. With a bow, probably 10 and so you could go 10 years, get one, and you'd be, you'd be right on par. 
that is a lot of time, a lot of preparation. The miles walked all 10 of those years, the sweat, the, the, the pounds carried the opportunities or, or the, the missed opportunities, but like just all of the journey, the, the stars as you're walking out at night, the, the cool mornings, like all of those things that you just said, you miss if all I'm trying to do is harvest the animal. The experience of it, the journey of it, as you just said, is so incredible, but, but we miss it sometimes. What would you say? I mean, you gave your little, you know, little spiel there to the younger rich, but the guy listening right now, and he's like, oh, I need to do this better. What practically does he, does he go, like this week, what does he go do? Me, are you talking about relating to enjoying the journey? Yeah, yeah. It's very vague, but so important. And it's something that I try and practice. It's being present. When you're at work, be at work. When you're at home, be at home. Put your effing phone down. I promise you it's not that important. Yeah. If you could put your phone down for two hours a day and spend time with your kids completely disconnected or spend time with your wife completely disconnected and enjoy that moment and be present in it. Because you can have a moment and com be completely not present in that moment and miss what that experience is. To be present and dialed in is so important. You'll enjoy so much more. Enjoy so much more. Good. It's good. Rich, how can an entrepreneur listening right now find you? Maybe they need your services. Tell us maybe a little bit of, of what those services entail. Where can we find them? And then also, how can we find you as an entrepreneur? Pick your brain, get to know you better. You can always find me on LinkedIn, Rich Kaczynski. Our website is briobenefits.com. We are on Instagram, Brio Benefits. But really, our, our whole focus is helping employers get risk and control long-term costs when it comes to employee benefits, specifically healthcare. Um, unfortunately, the way the market has gone, employers look at their healthcare costs year over year. They don't have a multi-year strategy to gain control of healthcare costs. So creating that multi-year strategy and understanding what the market has to offer you is where we thrive. But also culture, we spoke a lot about culture today, but culture is such a big part of every organization. And post-COVID, employers have had real challenges meshing their employee benefits program with their culture. And it's such a big disconnect. Culture helps to attract and retain talent. Benefits helps to attract and retain talent. And when you marry the two, your attention goes up, right? Big. And then also just to transparency when it comes to pricing of healthcare, there's a big gap. As employers don't understand. They might have a two, $3 million expense and they have no idea why. They can't put their finger on it. You know, having someone be able to create transparency and understand why they're paying what they're paying is a really big thing. And the most important thing, I don't care how wonderful your employee benefits package may be, if you don't effectively engage your workforce so they understand all you're doing from them, the dollars you're spending are going to waste. Exactly. So effectively engaging the workforce and driving value perception also helps attract and retain talent. And that's really what we do here at Brio. Love it. Love it. Well, you've been an incredible mind to mastermind with going back forth here today. Um, I hope that the listener has gotten as much value as I have, but you've got a lot of things going for you. We wish you nothing but blessing on, of course, your family, but your business and your team, that incredible culture that you described earlier. Thank you for being here, Rich. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chaz. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more 
to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.